Wardcast episode 216, go! I'm Dylan Alvento, and today we're joined by Spencer Hayes from over at Itch.io. How are you doing, Spencer? I'm doing uh, I'm doing pretty well, I'd say. I mean, you know, it's uh, yeah. October. It's the spookiest time of year. It is. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Things are... Things are going okay for me. How are I feel like as the host, you never get asked. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all good. It's all roses. Halloween roses. Oh, so they're all dead and like <laughs> yes, gross. they're black. Spray black painted roses. black. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I like that. I like like I don't want to pay for black roses. So just give me the red ones, and then I'll take it from there. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I feel like I'm getting craftier in my old age. I'm basically a grandpa at this point. Um. And so now the idea of uh, not paying the extra like $3 or whatever per rose, just be like, yeah, I could get 16 bucks. I'll get some spray paint. We'll do this myself. I'm turning into my dad is what I'm. Uh, what's this exactly how we should intro the show? Be like, hi, my name is Spencer. I'm turning into my dad, whom you, the listener, have never met. Uh, like it's a really this is quality programming that I'm providing to you and the Wardcast universe. Like we're really lining it up. We really appreciate it. Like, I think people are learning a lot about itch uh, and how uh, grandfatherly it is over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, good show. Let's wrap it up. I think that's what we've got. Right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Another one. Another one in the in the can. I mean, if you really want to start uh, like boosting that number, like we can just do like six or seven rapid fire right now. Um, like we can just make this next <laughs> yeah, one. Like, and okay. now it's 217. <laughs> Let's do it. Like we right, can right, right. really go for it. All right. So happy Turkey Day, Spencer. <laughs> what are you what are you having for Thanksgiving? Uh, it's just meat and sadness. Uh, you know how it is. Uh, all right, that all right. That's good. That's two seventeen. All right, two eighteen. All right, let's it's, keep it going. It's Boxing Day. <laughs> what did you unwrap from under the Christmas tree, Spencer? Also, meat and sadness. It's real, <laughs> real one note over here. <laughs> uh, but no, it's IO. Uh, everyone's favorite favorite game platform. Yeah, it's that's, a it's a place. That's why I know it as. We can buy games. Yeah, uh, uh, I let you, a little, little peek behind the curtain here. Um, mm. There's drama about how to pronounce it. These are these are the scoops. Yes, that I can the, provide the, to you. The pervasive, right here. the pervasive drama of of Itchio. Yeah, so uh, I'm on Team Itchio. Okay. Uh, canonically, right in in the the good books handed down from Leaf. Uh, Leaf was the one who founded Itchio. Just to give everybody. The background there, uh, as you can probably tell, it is HIO into the canon, right? Uh, so there was a brief, uh, we'll call it like Civil War. We're really doing like an MCU theme, I guess, to the story. Um, but now uh, we've since opened up to you can pronounce it however you want, but if you write it, no caps, no capitals ever, not even one. So that's the these are the the scoops that I can provide. I like that one page style guide. Mm-hmm. Just pronounce it however. No caps. No caps. I'm waiting for someone to get wild with it and be like, oh, this is uh, this website. It's uh, spelled like itch.io, but I pronounce it Francis. Like, just really <laughs> just going buck wild with it, which I guess is fine. Um, as, as, I don't know. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Right, right. You can get my game on Steam, Apple Arcade, and on David. Ah, that's what we should do. Just give it a different name every time. Uh, I'm sure that the, the uh, uh, naming costs for every name in the world wouldn't be uh, exorbitant there. David.io. Perfect. No one has that one. I guarantee it. No Davids out there. 
Mm-mm, mm-mm. Or it's 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 some like uh, uh, Agario spoof. Yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Someone's dad oh. has all the all the all the players. Yeah. The so Io is a weird place, weird do name, right? It's like us, and then like a million like flash based uh, like battle royale games, and it's like, all right, like. I don't know. I don't I don't understand that technology, how you can just be like, all right, now we're going to sell a domain like someone's just like, I'm going to make dot Pete or whatever. And like <laughs> then like the whole Internet gets together like, yep, we'll recognize. Like, how does that is this weird black box to me? And like you some they're buying and selling things it's like who is making who's making this? Who has the rights to sell <laughs> this, this? Is a scam, right? I don't I don't understand any of it. I'm sure that someone out there knows and hopefully they'll like they can like email me or something after be like actually here's like a comprehensive like i don't as far as i can tell it's just something like i have this thing now i've conjured it out of thin air and now you can own it and it's just like what okay there's um, someone out there selling uh dot bridge top level domains but they're selling dot bridge to everyone i can't believe that we've uh reinvented uh i've got a bridge that you can buy uh but that's what i've realized like lately so like i'm a <clears throat> i'm a millennial right i'm hip how do you gross. do fellow millennials um and so like For a while, they were like, oh, we're going to reinvent everything, right? Like, we've got the internet now, right? Like, we were like the generation that came up. Like, we knew the time before the internet. and But then, like, we grew up with the internet. And I'm like, ah, anything's possible, right? Like, we're going to revolutionize everything. And then I realized, we just remade all the shitty boomer stuff, but with the internet. (laughs) Like, what? So now we have, like, cable, except it's just, like, split across, like, a million things. We're paying a million dollars for it. It's a whole thing. I'm I'm getting, like, real old man yells at, at Cloud right here. This is This is the good stuff. Well, I can pivot it into into, into something. Save me from this weird boomer zone that I have fallen into. Let's talk about streaming, but for games. Streaming, but for games. Uh, Streaming, but for games. I'm, 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 I'm disrupting gaming. Perfect. And and doing it. I'm sure that's a buzzword you love hearing living in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, San Francisco is a weird place uh, where there's like it's got a, a culture all to itself. Um. But yeah, there's some weird stuff going on with with streaming and games uh, coming up. People seem to th- the companies seem to think that people want it. I remain a little less convinced. I don't know about you. Are you are you big on the stream train? Um, I mean, so I, I'm sure you feel this way, kind of like uh, like when you're in gaming at all, when you're on the developer side, like you constantly kind of have like this this split allegiance because like you constantly like think like a consumer is like oh me yes i would love to pay only five dollars a month and get access to all these games because like i sometimes don't have the time to invest a lot of time into one game so i'd like to see a bunch of stuff but also like you immediately start thinking from the developer side like well how does this pan out for like people getting paid like yeah are are the developers being compensated well um so that's like constantly what i'm thinking of so like I I I'm currently using Xbox Game Pass for PC and Apple Arcade and like I think all of the releases on there so far have been like stellar and like a lot of devs that I really respect and enjoy their work but like I'm also just constantly thinking like yeah I don't know like uh, this doesn't seem like I mean if you look at Spotify if you look at like any other any other media that that did this it doesn't seem very sustainable yeah it's yeah, I, I think that like it's a. So I can get a little. We can go into the nuance of this if you like. We can we can get Let's chatting. Yeah. So I think that like there's a couple of things, right? I think that that 
on one like very core level that we kind of have to get out in front of is like games are very expensive and there are people out there who who cannot afford to spend $60 every week, right? Like we're in the middle of like AAA release season. Uh, I made a list, a full list. I have it like near me of like every game I'm getting between now and the end of the year. And like next month I'm buying like one or two games a week, right? And like I'm really lucky to be in a position where I can do that. But so like people need to have multiple price point options, right? Like that's just a good thing, right? Because um, gaming is a very expensive hobby and you get it. Um, but yeah, so like I think that like having cheaper options available is good. But I don't think that this is the way to do it, right? Like I think that we have these these streaming all-you-can-eat services, right? Like you talked about Spotify where people are getting like 0.0007 cents per play, right? And like they're making nothing, right? You can buy one $15 CD every other month and be putting more money into musicians' pockets than uh, like paying for Spotify or listening every minute of every day. Like at one point I crunched the numbers and like in order to make it make sense, you have to be listening to like 20 hours of music every day on Spotify premium to make up for like buying one CD a month or something like it's crazy. Um, but I think that we're at a point right now because everybody's trying to buy in to these like streaming services. Cause like the, the, the big boys, they see the, the, the dollar signs, right. They want to get that Netflix money. They want to get that Spotify money. And so they're willing to shell out. Right. So like I'm stoked to let these developers on like Apple Arcade or whatever, like rob these people, these companies blind. Right. Cause like, <laughs> right. Like I've seen those, those numbers and there's no way that like Apple is going to make that cash back, right? Like, like right, like doing they invested a, like half a bill or something. Yeah, I think is the figure I saw. It's user acquisition play, right? Like they're they're trying to get people in the door, and so like I have, like I know people who are on like Apple Arcade, like I know people who've done these deals, and like great, I'm so stoked they have the security to be able to keep making games. Like that's great, um, and I understand that like it's a good value. About to, about to use my, my business words. It's a good value <laughs> prop for the for the end consumer, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it, $5 a month or whatever is super good for like infinite games, right? Like more games than you can play. Um, like super great, great deal for, for the consumer. But my concern is, is what does this look like when it's actually a thing, right? When it's not in user acquisition mode. Like what does it look like in a year, in two years, like where are we at then? Because the deals will go down because, or the 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 money will go down because Apple or Microsoft or Sony or whoever, they won't have to do that buy anymore because they'll have their audience installed so they can drop the unit numbers. Uh, like even this week, uh, Humble Bundle, they changed their pricing structure for their subscription service, which was a thing that I worked on back when I was there. Um, yeah, it's, so it's like these services, right? They can't operate in like a good for developers model, right? Like they have to kind of run this train. And the last stop on this train is just like nobody making any money except for the platform holders. Um, that was a lot of words in a row. Uh, <laughs> I got, this is like a, a topic that's near to my heart and like one that I like I, I think about a lot. So, yeah, um, I mean, it's important because like the especially in the in the indie space like i mean mm-hmm. i feel like i think you and i can both agree that like whatever the shifting sands are in terms of like the streaming stuff or or subscription model stuff for the most part triple a will be fine because like there is a certain amount of like uh economics of scale mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. that that triple a can reach but on the on the indie side like it's constantly fraught like like their indies getting that 
getting paid and, and getting these these uh, opportunities from Apple Arcade or from Xbox Game Pass or from all these other services. Um, but like the second, you know, the second that equilibrium shifts to like benefit the, like you said, once it's no longer a user acquisition play, like it then becomes much more fraught for them. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've seen Chris Charla from ID at Xbox come out and say that like, indies that have been on game pass have been doing pretty well and you know i'm i'm one to to take him at his word but mm-hmm. like i also look at uh the 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 google play pass thing that came out oh, and the that, minutes and, played thing is <laughs> right oh my god yeah. it's bad that's yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's I, already at the it's already at the spotify p- point like it's like at least at these other ones the user acquisition plays like they are paying they're paying devs up front and we can we can, i mean like i know epic's not doing a subscription service model but mm-hmm. like they're kind of wrapped into this because they are they are guaranteeing like you know sale minimums and yeah. paying devs up front on that and so they're, that they're also and, in the user acquisition play area exactly yeah right um so like the 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 idea that Google is already at the point where they want to do the the pay per view or pay per play thing mm-hmm. seems wild to me, especially on the heels of them about to launch a gaming platform. Yeah, so, it's. I think that that their play or their minutes played thing is maybe too early. I feel like that's what you do years down. Like if I want to be like a like a soulless business lad, right? Like I feel like that's what you do a few years down the, the road, right? Um, I was just reading recently, I forgot who wrote it, but like there was a piece up about how there's like a pop musician, Charlie XCX. Um, she's like a, a British lady. She makes pop music. Uh, she is like an interview with her about how she's modifying her songwriting structure to like maximize Spotify plays. And like, it's a whole thing because I guess like Spotify only counts the play after 30 seconds of, of play. And so you want to front load everything. You want to make that 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 I guess we're, we're familiar with it in games, right? You want to like front load your your ideas to like hook people in, which is not new, but like it's changing things. It's not meta anymore, right? It's now optimizing for this system. The it's same a requirement. Way. Yeah. Do you see like the algorithm with like YouTube thumbnails and things like that? Like, how do you optimize for this this soulless system? Um, and so I I really, really, really don't want to see games go down a similar path of like, how do we optimize for minutes played? Because we know how you optimize for minutes played. Right. And it's bad. Like it's not a good, it's, it's, it's a free to play model for, you know, not, not entirely a free to play model, but like, um, free to play microtransaction games, like kind of have that. Yeah. It's what everybody hates. Right. And so like, (laughs) it's like, I, I, it's hard. It's really hard for me, right? Because, like, again, it's like you said. Like, I, I kind of have like one foot on both sides. Like, I understand from like a consumer perspective of like five dollars for more games than I can play until I die, right? Like, I could be playing every minute of every day until I die, and I would still not hit all of them. Like, super good deal. But then on the other side, it's like, is it sustainable? And I don't think it is. Like, I don't think it's sustainable. And like. A money way, sure. It'll probably print out money until the end of time because there's going to be enough people who don't give a shit. And they're just like, yeah, fine. We'll just buy it forever. Um, but like, I think it'll hurt games as a medium because games kind of always have that weird like tension between like art and product, you know, like what is an art decision? What is a product decision? And it is, it is a commercial art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 an interesting dynamic that's really fraught, I think, especially with games. And so. Uh, I think this is like a big kind of rock on that scale 
uh, on the side of uh, the like product thing, you know? Uh, Well, you you brought up some interesting points. I kind of want to wrap back around to like the going beyond the fact of like the, the, the value proposition for the developer as, as the subscription models continue to, to stretch onwards, like that's obviously a problem. And then developers then tailoring their game design to, to fit this, this commercial structure and how it affects that. But also like we already have a problem with the consumer base understanding the, the value of a game and mm-hmm. the, the cost of a game. And this just, this, this just tips the scales even further into like uh, misunderstanding. Cause like one well, paying $5 a month for all of these games, obviously a game can't cost that much to make because like, look what I'm paying into the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, which, which is a huge issue. I think that it's, it's, I'm sure someone out there who's like way smarter than me, who's done way more research on this knows more but like the way that i've always kind of seen it is that like we spent some like as we as a as a whole as an industry right we spent so much time pushing the product side of games right like it's a toy it's a thing that like uh it's entertainment right like it's a it's a thing that you just play as escapism and i don't think that like this is about to get like real pretension and people are gonna get like people are gonna climb into the menchies but like i think that we're like we've been super bad about supporting the the art side of that right like the kind of other half of this like how many games are in series right like series are uh they're kind of hard for me on like an art side like i kind of subscribe to the the there's like this stop motion studio leica you know them they did like paranorman and and Carolina and all that they're great right um and the the lead dude was like, yeah, we never make sequels because why would you tell the story of the second most important day in a character's life? Right. Like, and I think that that's like a really interesting look. And like, while I do love sequels, like. As like a. A thing that I can do as like a fan service, like, ah, another Metal Gear. Great. Like, yeah, I, if you have an attachment to a character or a world, like it makes sense because you want to see the continuation of that thing. But. Yeah, but it's, it's hard for me, like on like an art side to be like, all right, we really need to keep like going back and dredging up this well again. Right. And maybe like Metal Gear is not a perfect example of that, but like it's it, that makes sense. Like really, really hardcore from like a product side, right. It's already got a built in audience. The marketing is already largely done for you. Uh, you can assume uh, some level of safety and like the development and, you know, a good chance to get your return on investment. Like dope. All makes sense. Un- unless you're an indie, right? Because like the, the going knowledge, for a while there was like don't sequelize your games because like i think like a lot of indie sophomore efforts for a while there like i don't know three four five years like weren't doing well yeah you know what maybe i was 100 percent wrong let me let, <laughs> no, let me come no, back no, no. around I, on this well again like like this is this is something that like it's it's so hard to parse because like on one side of the industry it works and on one and on the other side of the industry it doesn't like i mean like sequelization like in it the in in the triple a space like mm-hmm obviously does gangbusters um and i'm not saying like across the board indies it doesn't i mean look at anodyne 2 i feel like anodyne 2 has been doing great for mm-hmm. um for them but like i did see for a while people were like do not sequelize your your indie games like they're not they like it's not a guarantee anymore i wonder how um, much of that is is from this like sort of like old indie because like indie has shifted a lot in like the last 10 5 10 years right like it's i wonder how much of that was like the early indie sort of like we're making art kind of thing, right? Like, like you, you got like Super Meat Boy, I guess, like one of the like early of like the indie renaissance period, right? Is like technically a sequel to a Flash game, right? Like, 
it's there. But like, there was always that like weird, like high minded kind of thing. And I think that now indies are sort of we've we've pendulumed kind of over to the the product side of the art versus product thing because. Oh, I'm going to get into some hot water. I don't know, I don't know how, how far I want to go down this. I'll, I'll give you the, the lukewarm version, right? Like, I think that like when anything can be a commercial product, it's really hard for something not to be a commercial product, right? Like there's the whole like make art, make rent divide. I think that was, I think that was Scott Benson. Yeah, yeah. Who said make that. art, make rent. Help others, others do the do, same. Help others do the same. Yeah, like it's it's like a hard sort of thing of like, it's hard for me to ask a person to be like, hey, I need you to make like a really weird experimental game that will never make any money instead of spending the equivalent hours to make a game that is much more accessible, much more kind of mass market. And maybe you'll be able to make rent, right? Like, I get it. It's it's a weird thing. And so like, we're living a brave new world where like, uh, this is this is an interesting sort of thing, like to see kind of indies like, really kind of t- start talking about like marketability and, and things like that. Whereas like that wasn't a part of the conversation, like pre steam green light um, kind of the model there was like, make a good game, impress someone at valve, wear money hats and drive Lamborghinis. Like that was the whole process. So um, yeah, it's, we're in a really interesting space right now. So yeah, I uh, I remember I talked to Mike Bithel, I think last year I had him on the show. Yeah. Um, and he, he was talking about how he doesn't like to answer the question of like, you know, an aspiring indie coming up to him and being like, what would you do if you were me? Or like, how, how would you get into the industry like now? And he was like, I build a time machine and go back to when I created and released Thomas was alone because mm-hmm. like, that was like, it's that game would tank right now. Right. Like, it's, I mean, it might like it's it's really like in, I mean, it's both like impossible to tell and not impossible to tell. Right. Like we hear such conflicting reports about like how like understandable and 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 like scientific it is to like I mean, Mike Rose is is a big proponent of this. Right. Like he's a big proponent of like, uh, you know, synthesizing all the information available in the marketplace and like creating an answer, a solvable problem that he can release his games to. And it, and it does very well for him. But like mm-hmm. someone might take that same approach and that same model and, and try to replicate it and it might not do well for them. So like, I mean, I, I struggle to say like, it's all luck because it obviously isn't. But like to say some to someone like, oh, as long as you like understand your target market and, and have a fully fledged like marketing plan and all this stuff like that all that stuff might be, you know, ash and smoke in six months because the market shifted. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that are super weird because so much of like gaming, like capital G gaming is really controlled by a handful of companies, right? And so it's weird to me for people to like invest all this time and money and like energy into like solving the system. It's sort of like like people who are like really into uh, search engine optimization, right? SEO, right? There's like a whole discipline of that, right? And SEO is all about manipulating Google, right? Like how do you get your your posts, your news, your site or whatever onto the top of Google, right? But that could change tomorrow, right? The Google team could just be like, fuck it, we're changing everything, right? And so it's it's hard for me to be like, yes, like here is how these things work. Like here's how Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo and, and Valve do all these things, right? And like ask people to invest in the system when like it could change immediately. It can change behind the scenes. Like it, it's, 
I th- obviously like it's important to try to maximize the, the potential of your game because especially like people will come and be like, I've been working on this game for nine years. I'm just like, hmm, you have made a mistake. <laughs> like, well, I mean, unless you have unless you have zero expectations for how well it's going to do. Yeah, it's 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 so hard to me. Like if you like have a thing that like is resting inside of your soul. Right. And like it needs to burst forth and the money is irrelevant. Right. Like it just you are need to will something resistant insistence great but like it's so hard for me to to see these like people that are just like i've I've spent everything right like i took out a second mortgage to do this i'm like there's a very good chance it will not get any plays that no one will know about it it'll like perish with like four user reviews on steam right like it's this got real depressing i'm sad i'm <laughs> sad about this whole it's it's i don't know i think that like we're in a really interesting space right now for like indie because it's sort of like a, a center cannot hold kind of thing. Like it feels like the form that India is in right now cannot exist like this, right? Like people are investing big and they're losing it all, right? Great games are coming out and no one is playing them, right? Like it, it feels like a we as like a whole need to start making shifts. And I think that everybody kind of recognizes that, but no one really knows what the shifts need to be or like we can't all agree on it right or no one wants to pull the trigger and just like start just start making waves and and seeing where it takes them because i mean who knows they they might just themselves get caught in a riptide and be like well screwed myself because i tried to you know push on the the firmament and stuff went wrong for me yeah and so that's that's kind of like a lot of what i do like at work uh at hio is trying to figure out how we can build a platform that uh, is maybe not as susceptible to some of these problems. Like it's, it's very hard and a work in progress. Right. But like, what do you do if you are like a first time dev or like a dev who's worked a long time on like a game that's very personal to you? Like what, what, what does that look like? Right. Like what does that path look like? How do you do any of this stuff? Like maybe you don't want to make a game that, Uh, appeals to uh, some of the rowdier element of assholes. I'm trying to dance around the word assholes. Like, what are you doing if you like you make a game that's super personal and like would maybe catch some flack from like alt-right goons, right? Like, what do you do about that? Like, you can't just like drop it on Steam, right? Like, then you're going to get review bombed and you're going to get forum threads and and all that nonsense, right? Like, what does that look like? and so, like, I'm really proud of the work we're doing at HIO, but, like, I think that we all on the site kind of recognize that, like, we're kind of trying to trailblaze a little bit and, like, figure out what this looks like. But we're not, we don't really know what's in these jungles, right? Like, we're kind of just pushing ahead and seeing where things go. So, yeah. I mean, Amos has said it as much on, like, Twitter. I remember, like, when when Epic first, you know, started dipping their toe in the waters of the the digital distribution storefront game, like... He was like, this isn't some sort of saving grace here for like where we are in terms of like stability and health of like uh, game sales. Like this is this is very much like a, a band aid, if that in in what's happening. Yeah, the, the conversation on Epic is so weird. Like it's on one hand, right? Like I think you get a lot of people who are just like Epic bad, like, rah, you know, those goobers and like fuck them. Like you can have <laughs> that's going to. Oh, God. 
<laughs> don't tweet at me um uh like you get like a lot of people and like like oh like freedom of the market means i only want to have one launcher and like i'll never understand people like i only want to manage one library it's like you're already managing games like i see you bernard like you're already managing <laughs> games across like steam your switch your ps4 your phone like you already have so many like splintered out libraries one more is not going to kill you bud um but then, like, it was Kara Ellison, I think she she posted on Mastodon. She was talking about how, like, a lot of the, like, support of Epic is, like, very much, like, the good capitalists will save us from the bad capitalists. Right, yes. Um, and, like... The only thing to protect us from with a good guy, uh, or bad guy with a gun. Yeah. A- and, like, that's not how any of this works, right? Like, like when Valve came through and, like, what, the Lord's Year 2004 with Steam? I think it was 2004, somewhere around there. Yeah, it was early two um, thousands. Like everybody hated it, and they were like, "Ah, oh, this is a nightmare hole." But like, a couple years after that, everybody's like, "This is the good shit, right?" Like, <laughs> this could never go wrong. And then kind of the wheels fell off a little bit. And like, I don't want this to turn into like a a, a dunk fest, right? Like on on Valve, like I think they've done some really important work, but I think that like, uh, there are problems, and like, I think that. They could do something great if they just address those problems. So, yeah. Well, I mean, and you talked about earlier, like um, basing basing your your like marketing strategy or like your your rollout around like the the, the for like SEO, like basing it around what Google's doing. But like, you can't predict what Google's going to do because they're going to keep that close to the vest. I feel I feel the same way, and I mean, this might. I mean, this has gotten me in hot water amongst my my peer group, but Uh-oh. like, oh, oh, just the hot like, takes are here, hot takes. But like, I feel the same way about like when people complain about the 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 Steam algorithm, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, like, I feel like pinning pinning your frustrations on like the the performance of your game on like what Steam's doing. Like, there's some validity to that. Like, of course, like when we saw a marketed decrease like last October mm-hmm. with the algo change and like indies were being surface less. Like, like that is something that is like obviously like uh, noticeable, but I feel like that just so easily like just like backslides into like my game didn't do well. Therefore, Steam algorithm sucks. Like, like there's such a like a weird like uh, uh you know, close mind cause and effect to that thing mm-hmm. that I think is unhealthy and yeah. especially un- unhealthy. If you like are, are trying to do this to make rent and to, you know, have a salary and, and, and do all that stuff. I just feel like y- you kind of have to like work around those, those struggles that the platform holders, yeah, the kind of the landscape you, you deal with the hand you're dealt, right? Like it's, I think it's easy to see like one problem and be like, there was only one problem and nothing. Else. It's like, yeah, you can have multiple problems, but like, I think that in order to kind of see where we're going with this, we should also look to like YouTube, which is like another like really big like algorithm for surfacing things and like the way that that's kind of played out. Um, and I don't have a lot of faith in algorithms, right? Like people living in San Francisco, people love an algorithm, right? <laughs> they love the word algorithm. They love that. I could strap that to anything and people get, <laughs> get all hot and bothered. It's like, oh, this is my taco algorithm. You're going to love it. Like, all right. Um <laughs> We're disrupting tacos. Oh, please don't. Uh, uh, I'm very sad about my city. Um, but like you see all that. And so I guess kind of like some of my advice to like devs is like build uh, an audience off. This is very common advice, I think. But like build an audience that's platform agnostic, right? Like build an audience that 
likes you for you, whether it's like if you go to Twitter or if you are on Steam or or Epic or wherever, right, that you have these kinds of levers you can pull to direct people from your actual audience to wherever these outlets are, right? Um, and so that's kind of why, so at itch, we don't like really have any kind of algorithm for surfacing things. Um, like there is like a section, but like everything, if you go to the front page right now, like if you just type itch.io into a browser, like 80% of the front page is, is designed by a human being, right? Like somebody on staff sees all of these games and it's like, yeah, this game's great. Let's put it there. Right. Because. I think that algorithms are really good at handling like really large quantities of, of stuff, right. In like a very hands-off way. But I think that it also disadvantages things that maybe don't play into the implicit biases of that. Like, I think that algorithms are really shitty for like outsider art. I think it's, uh, they're pretty shitty for, uh, like marginalized people. Um, any, really, I think it's, it's algorithms are bad for any at like sourcing anything that is not very mainstream kind of common denominator. Um, and so that's one of the things that like I'm, I'm deeply proud of that we do at HIO is like the, the ability to like, yeah, like this is a game that resonated with me and I think it'll resonate with you. And so I think that that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the thing that's most striking about uh HIO is that it's, it is very much like it harkens back to like kind of old internet, like level playing field, like dem- democratic, like the, the, the democratic promise of like what the internet was supposed to be and then giving all these opportunities. And that's why I really like about like going to, you know, a page of one of my games and then going to a page for like a devolver published game. And it's like not a huge jump it's not like you can obviously tell like this is devolver this is you know this is the night in the woods page it's like oh there's like subtle differences maybe they spent a little bit more time on their css or whatever but like (laughs) they got real fancy with it right right whereas like a lot of like even though steam pages like are all have the same layout like there is an implicit quality judgment i feel like like when you go from a page to page maybe it's just because the way they surface screenshots or whatever it's just like when you when you arrive on a page there it can be like oh i can tell like this page is this this is a quote-unquote higher quality game this is a quote-unquote lower quality game and i mean i think that's why a lot of people are, are drawn to itch especially people that like you said make outsider art are is art created by you know marginalized groups or people that are you know hobbyists or you know don't don't aspire to be you know the next huge thing Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh the community on itch.io is really great like there's so much in there that like people yeah people will make great pages for bad games and i'm like man you'd have a beautiful career as a graphic designer (laughs) (laughs) game dev uh, maybe but like oh that's the good page and yeah it's i really like being able to give the tools to people to like make things and not have to like algorithm chase like people ask like oh man like what do i do to get featured on the front page like shoot me an email like (laughs) like it's if your game is dope we'll put it up there um yeah it's it's just a as a interesting place that uh it's really hard to wrap my mind around because there's so much going on there that's really hard for me to be like ah itch is this because we're at like 
200,000 projects on the page now or on the site now, uh, which is a boatload. That's so many. That's a lot. That's so many things. Like, I haven't played all those games. And it's it's not even just games either. Well, what like, are you doing, Spencer? Yeah, right. Like there's so uh, every week I write a uh, like a games of the week recommendations post, which is like another thing that like I'm happy to do. I think that like more curation is good. I think like that could get us around a lot of the issues that we kind of currently have as a as a community as a scene uh, is like more human led curation. And so I'll write that. And it's so, like I play those games every week, and people be like, "Oh, you played every game that came out this week?" I'm like, God, no! Like there's <laughs> There's no way we had just hosted a uh, uh, Ludum Ludum Dare Ludum Dare. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this whatever. pronunciation too. Like, if we want to get into another like game pronunciation spat, do you pronounce it Ludum Dare or Ludum Dare? So I pronounce it Ludum Dare because I'm a, a doofus. I know that like it's Ludum Dare. Like, I I've heard it from from the people. I've been told it is Ludum Dare. Right. Yeah. And it's like great. Apparent- I'm not yes. gonna say that, but great. Like, <laughs> Yeah, this is another uh, uh, spat I get into my friends about the pronunciation. Uh, what, then, what side are you on? Oh, I'm on the Ludum Dare side. Mm, so uh, you're uh, an intellectual. Yes, exactly. Well, and then uh, uh, my friend uh, Will Blanton uh, decided to uh, one-up me on that and went and found uh, an old Latin pronunciation guide and found like the specific stresses or whatever on Dar, Dar. It's like dare or it's like it's 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 like he got even more pedantic about it which i both appreciated and hated like i'm i'm here for it i mean i don't think that like people get to to tell me how to pronounce the things they've built in the same way that like i don't buy into the soft g gif pronunciation because they're like oh the dude who invented it like like stop that yeah stop that right now uh like it's gif. Um, I'm. I, what are the other pronunciation like hills I can die on right here? Like, what are the other weird ones? This is the segment of the show now where we just talk about pronunciation. Oh God, I wish I wish uh, our other co-host Alex is on here because he just mispronounces everything. Oh no. Uh oh. So the best one was uh we we named the episode after this, but uh, instead of saying uh, geocities, he said geocities. Excuse me. Like it rhymed with velocities. That's not how that worked. Like powerful. Um, yes, it was quite a power play. He he explained it to me recently that like he 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 thinks the reason he does that is that he was such a bookworm mm-hmm. as a kid, um, and not like a social butterfly. That like he, he like his lexicon is is pretty healthy. Like he has like a good grasp on like a lot of uh you know the english language and, and knows some obscure words but like pronouncing them nah mm-mm. yeah i saw someone on uh tumblr r.i.p back in the day so you should uh <laughs> it's still around i don't know what you're talking about <sighs> yeah sure bud uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh-huh. uh i saw someone on tumblr back in the day uh that was like don't make fun of people for mispronouncing words because that means they've read them rather than heard them and that's super cool and i was like yeah, but I also love making fun of my friends when they fuck <laughs> up. So, you know. Yeah. You know. You gotta think about my needs. Yeah, like that's one of those things where it's like, I know what the right thing to do is, but I'm not a good person. You know, like, just really, really going full heel on it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun, a fun, we were, I feel like in the first half there, in the first quarter, we were really, really heavy. But now we can, we can get goofy with it. We can like. 
Yeah, we lay back. Up. Yeah, we yeah. we got all the heady stuff out of the way. I talked to like weird biz dev words. I did some, I guess, dunk. Oh, geez. I hope that no one gets sassy with me about, about my takes. It's going to be a nightmare. We're going to find out. We're going to find out real quick. Uh, yeah, at the end of the episode, I'll just like plug one of my friend's Twitter handles or something. I just got <laughs> tweeted good. them. Uh yeah, see how that goes. Um Yeah, so you can find me at, on on Twitter at Leafio. Mm-hmm, yeah. Find me there. Yeah, really go for that one. You can uh, find me at Faster Than Lime. Oh, yeah, that's it. Those are also my coworkers and they're very sweet sweet princes. So, go and follow them if you haven't already. Um Yeah, that's a thing. Uh I've been having a really busy uh couple of months though as far as games go. Like we are yeah? in the middle of game season. We're in the swing of things. Oh my god. And like I remember back in my day, uh, actually, I just realized that as of this month, I've been working in games for 10 years. Wow. Congrats, man. Uh, Thank you. I feel going back to the top of the show, I feel like I got that real grandpa energy. Like uh, I did my 13th packs uh, (sighs) back in September uh, and I saw people like walking around on like day three they were still so bright-eyed i'm like this is definitely their first show i'm like shuffling my half dead corpse between meetings just like oh god what if i just laid down and died right here in the mega booth Um, (laughs) they got caskets right here so why not just utilize one of them the gamer vape caskets um yes yeah uh, we're referencing graveyard keeper which had it's a good game by the way if you haven't played graveyard keeper um it's very like harvest moon but what if like okay. Harvest Moon got like locked in the back, like the back room of a Hot Topic for a weekend? Uh, <laughs> this is what came out. Okay. Um, yeah, like it's very Harvest Moon, but like you like get corpses instead of like growing radishes. Like there's some farming stuff too, but it's I feel like that, that, that's, that's becoming a thing right now. Is is Harvest Moon the, butt? Harvest Moon butt. Like you look at uh, Atomic Crops, Harvest mm-hmm. Moon butt Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've been doing. I don't know if I could talk about this too much, but I've been doing a lot of uh, like IGF judging this week. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I saw a couple of people talk about that. Yeah, I, I can talk about, about being an IGF judge. Uh, I'm doing some IGF judging. There's a lot of like uh, Harvest Moon butts on there. Um, that's a hell just of a, a phrase bunch, that we've... It's just a bunch of Harvest Moon asses. Yep, just like a real thick looking cow, like really dragging <laughs> a wagon. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see kind of how these uh, like games like trend. You know, like you hit a, you hit like a, a Stardew Valley. And then, like, two years later, it's just, like, big old, like, Harvest Moon energy. And, like, I'm curious to see what kind of happens uh, coming up. Like, what's going to be the one that, like, trends the next right. the next ones. Um, but that's I'm not curious. unique to games. That's, like, kind of every. Sure. Like, ah, we made a superhero movie. What if only superhero movies came out? <laughs> so. What if superheroes but edgy? Yeah. I love it. Thanks, DC. Um yeah, so like I've been playing a lot of games lately, uh, and I feel like this is the best year for games we've had in years. Um, yeah, I, there's just like so many games that are good that came out this year. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like it. People have been saying that for like a couple years, so I think like we're like constantly like you know, you know, uh, over succeeding our own expectations. Really, like, like just kind of hitting it again and again and again. Maybe it's just my crew that that i hang out with because like all my like i used to be a game journalist right like i did that for the first like half of my career and so i still kind of think like a games journo and like i like all my friends are games journos um or not all but like a lot of them are games journos 
Um, and so they're very, you know, jaded industry types. We're just like, oh, I've played so many games that I'll play the same. Grumble, grumble, grumble. And so, uh, like, I was into, like, 2017 was the year we had, like, Zelda, Mario, and Nier. I was like, dope. Love it. And then last year I thought was kind of whack. But oh, I yeah? guess. Well, what were the games last year? Last year was, like, Red Dead and God of War, which were not for me. Like, those are the big yeah, ones. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed God of War. But, yeah, I mean, Spider-Man. Um, yeah. Try to think of smaller stuff. Uh, I feel like like last year had like for me like a ton of seven out of tens, like a ton of eight out of tens, but no real ten out of tens. You know, mm. um, it's like I had a hard time filling out. Like every year, I still make my my top ten list because and I don't post it anywhere. Right, it's just just a secret. For just me. just for you, just just for, you. for me. Um, and like I had a real, I've had a real hard time for the last couple of years trying to fill out like spots five through ten. You know, but like this year, my cup runneth over. Like this year is is bonkers like i don't understand i like i loved a resident evil game this year that doesn't happen like it, <laughs> ah, resident evil 2 was great what else what else uh i mean gotta gotta uh nod to goose game um which i love that we're still pretending that it's untitled like <laughs> come on now uh <laughs> it's a thing uh that's the thing there's some like uh surprises that uh, have kind of come out uh, of the woodwork for me. Like I'm really enjoying Indivisible. I did not expect to like it nearly as much as I am. Uh, also, the game is beautiful. Uh, have you have you played Indivisible? I've not. Um, I'm not. I don't play a lot of. I mean, I guess I was gonna say I don't play a lot of Lab Zero games, but I'm like, well, I this guess it's one. just the one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fighting uh, game yeah. fan. So like, like they were like, oh, we like we put like fighting game stuff into like a Metroidvania, and I was like, mm, I think I'm gonna pass on that one. Um, <laughs> But it's like, but it's also like sort of a JRPG, like another genre that like I don't really vibe with. But like yeah. together, all of it, I'm just like, yo, this is great. Like it's super good. Um, if you ever get a chance to grab it, I feel like if you're not super excited about it already, forty dollars might be a kind of hard pill to swallow. Um, but yeah, if you see it on I, sale, it's dope. Yeah, um, I don't think it's the thing for me, but it does. It does at least look really interesting and striking. Games, games video games. Happening. Uh, you know what is surprisingly good? What's that? Uh, that Apex event. Oh, uh, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't touched Apex since like the spring. Like oh, I, no I one really... has. Everybody played it for a week, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, we're done here." <laughs> no, I really like the game though. It's the thing. It's just haven't got a chance to get back to it because there's just so much other shit happening. Oh my god, you're telling me. Yeah, it's uh surprisingly good. Like there's an event that uh, when you die, you come back as a zombie. Oh, and okay. Then you try to kill the living people, and then once there are ten like living people, uh left they all team up and then uh they try to like escape from all the zombies on like a plane like you go to like a uh, an area and like you make it to the area and you escape uh, oh that's cool it's really good it feels really like 2000s shooter design where they're like what if we had shifting objectives throughout the match and I'm like yeah that's really cool i like that a lot uh which is funny because that's like kind of what titanfall was because like mm-hmm. the end objective was always like all right get back on the plane <laughs> you gotta go and you never did you know, it just got like blasted by a giant robot. Just like, mm, shit. Yeah. It's even like the same. I think it's the same plane like asset from Titanfall. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. P Titanfall. That game deserves better. Uh, you know, they have a new game coming out in like three weeks. No, I'm not familiar. What's that? Uh, What's coming out? It's called Star Wars. Uh, uh, what is that? It's a Star. Real talk. I have not heard shit about this game. And I'm just like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> I don't think anyone has. And I don't think that's disconcerting. I just think they've kind of been bad about 
I'm, promoting that game. I feel so bad for Respawn because they keep making great games that keep not selling anything. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Like, if, oh, I just, I hope this one sells well for them. It's got the Star Wars name, so it can't sell that badly. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just like, oh, please. Like, they, it's, they need it. They need the win. It's one of the few Star Wars games that avoided the EA guillotine, so. Yeah, it's, man. I, uh, what is going on over there with all that star? Like, yikes. It's, uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm shrugging over here. I'm yeah. just, I'm, uh, let me describe that to the, to the audience so that they can get the whole thing. Like, all right. So right now there's a, it looks like a high shoulder shrug with two hands about at ear level. Uh, wrists looks like it rotated about 45 degrees towards the, uh, outside of the frame. Uh, yeah, that was enough for that joke. Uh, that was more. That's no, more. No, than keep it, uh, going. Keep it. Yes, and yes, yes and, and. Uh huh. I'm like, don't make me keep describing this <laughs> this shrug. Um, yeah. So one game. Describe I'm, the shrug. Describe uh, the shrug. Describe it. Live it. One game I'm uh surprisingly into. I peeped uh after party. Um, ah, for judging. yeah. Oh, okay. And so going in, uh, I was not. I didn't have super high hopes, right? Like I thought that Oxenfree was super pretty, but like it didn't really vibe with me in the same way that I think oh. it, it like vibe with a lot of other people. Yeah, I um, love that. I love that game a lot. Yeah, like I, I, I really like some bits of it, right? Like I really thought that like the setting was cool. I thought that like the kind of core mystery element was super cool. Um, but I've got a, a kid brother who's like significantly younger than me. Um, so when that game came out, I think. I think he was like 16 at the time or something. And so like I go back and visit my like family pretty often. Um, And so like I would see him and like his friends and like hear them talking. And I was like, these kids talk way differently than like my brother and his friends. And like, I don't know how much that was my brother and his friends, but like, I think that a lot of the like kind of praise for that game came from like, Ooh, it's like teen dialogue is the way that it really is. But it, it felt kind of Juno to me, right? Like real precocious. Um, and like, that's fine. Like it's, but it's not like what I kind of expect coming in. So I kind of, I kind of bounced off a little because that, um, verisimilitude in that way is, is so difficult. Cause I mean, a lot of people bounced off of like the first season of life is strange for the same reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love both of those games. So like, it's, yeah, it's hard for life me. Is strange. Cause it was like goobery doofuses. And I think that that <laughs> resonated a lot with me than like, cause I feel like the kids in Oxenfree, they, they, they tried to be smart, you know, like they're like in a very teen way. And I guess in that way, it's super accurate. Um, but yeah, so coming into After Party, I was like, ah, it'll probably be good, like, but maybe not for me. Um, but yeah, so I came in and I'm like, it'll probably be good, but not for me. It'll be pretty. But I checked it out. That game had me rolling. Like, it's like very much instead of like being like, it's like less Juno and more like Animal House. But like if Animal House <laughs> okay. wasn't like gross as shit. So like, sure. Um, like it's like a like a early 20s kind of mid 20s like drinking comedy about like friends and the goofs were so dense that like i was dying right like i did i played all the way through the like there's the opening of the game it was like the first i don't know half hour or hour or something is that what the floor demo is because i've played the floor demo um i don't know maybe like you're at a like a, a college party and then eventually like oh, they, oh, okay they like lift up the curtain and they're like actually you're in hell um spoilers for after party the first like (laughs) half hour whoops uh but yeah so like they did that and like in games i never wait around for people to like finish the like characters to finish their bands you know i'm just like all right i've had enough like going on to the next objective 
I sat there and waited for like five minutes just to hear like this incidental dialogue go through. It was, I was dying. I have no idea if the, if that game like as a whole is good. I have no idea if, if it can maintain that momentum, but like that opening was so strong that like, or at least it, it resonated with me in like such a way. I was just like, this is the good shit. Like I was, <laughs> I was dying. Um, so yeah, I, I hope to get back to that game at some point. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, look, I like, look out for that game. I, I liked what I played at. Uh, I played it at GDC. Yeah. Um, I think it was that Day of the Devs. Mm. Uh, oh and, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed what I played of it. But uh, Felix and I were talking about it because um, I think <laughs> Felix showcased it on the Hidden Gems panel at, at PAX East, and they were like, uh, "Yeah, this is like, this isn't a game." that really demos well <laughs> at shows like it's it's narratively focused and you know it's a slow burn and i had that same exact feeling when i played it at gdc i was like i, I feel like we both love it but it's also just like oh i feel like it, it's really hard to get people to like realize like the real genius behind the game when it's like one of those types of games yeah that unfolds over several like you can show off mechanics at a show you can't really show off because like after party is like sort of a visual novel with just like some walking around in between, you know, in a way that like a lot of, I think games are like, I've been a visual novel fan for too long since I was a young pup. Um, and I feel like that's a, that's a genre that people slight, right? Like people be like, Oh, it's just a, a book, but with anime girls on it. And I'm like, no, there's so much more involved there. Right. But so I feel like we're, we're getting games that now are kind of like hybridizing, like, like, Hey, it's just dialogue. Like now it's like, well, it's dialogue, but you're walking around too. Um, and like visual novels show off phenomenally poorly. Like, how do I, how do I sell you a visual novel right now? Like, how do I get you involved in like a sick new visual novel? Like we're like, Oh, it's got cool writing and sad stories. Like, uh, a lot of games have that. So yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. What games should I be looking forward to? Like, what are you about? Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, I'm going to put you on, on the spot. spot. Oh no, <laughs> on my own show, no less. Um, a power play. I, I, um, I finally played Nikki Case's new game, Adventures with a- Adventures with Anxiety. Have you played this? I haven't. Nikki Case is never done wrong. Like their games are consistently the best. Uh, yeah. hit, tell me, sell me on it. Okay, so imagine imagine if you will that mm-hmm. you're a person suffering from anxiety oh, never in my life <laughs> not even one yeah. time i know it's a it's a hard it's a hard mind state to get into mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and that your anxiety manifests as a a wolf a red wolf that only you can perceive and that the red wolf is trying to whittle down your like i don't know mental well-being mm-hmm. so, so that you will uh kick up your self-preservation instincts and like so just scenarios play out where you play as the wolf and you choose dialogue options about any random thing that's happening at the scene um to like make make the the the, the other character like very very anxious so like and 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 there are like basically types like it it, it kind of plays out a little bit like pokemon but instead of attacks it's like just uh, you're attacking with your words just being shitty um, yeah it's just it's your self doubt that's doing all the damage and 
Um, it's like, so you, you prey on like different fears that you can have. So there's like fear of um, being a bad person, fear of being unloved and fear of self-harm. Mm-hmm. So like the first scenario is just like the, the person like sitting on a park bench and like eating a sandwich and the, the wolf manifests and just goes, one of the options for eating the sandwich is just like, is that white bread? You can't eat white bread. That's terrible for you. Mm-hmm. And that affects your like your your fear of self-harm. Huh. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I, I think that uh Nikki is like consistently one of the I don't want to I don't want to get too crazy. One of like the the smartest designers, like consistently one of the smartest designers I've seen working in games. Like every single one of those games is just so like prescient and thoughtful that like this all like lines up to me would be like, yep, sure. Sounds like one of Nikki's games. So, uh, yeah, I'm in, I will probably play that after this, uh, after the show. It's really good. So, and I, I think they put like the, the estimated play time at like 30 minutes, but I don't think it took me that long. It was probably like 15 to 20. Um, but it's, it's, it's really good. Uh, I, I really like Nikki's like more narrative focused ones. Like I like this and coming out simulator. I really mm-hmm. like their like social sociological sociological games uh, too, where it's like about like here, we're going to simulate like the, the transmission of ideas or like voting patterns and stuff like that. I always mm-hmm. think those are cool, but uh, uh, Nikki's narrative stuff always Does really gets you. me. Uh, is yeah. this just on their site? Yes. So for everybody yeah, listening, it it's just there. like Nikki case dot, dot com. Uh, I think it's ncase.com. Okay. Sure, N-C-A-S-E. Nikki Case. It's called what? Adventures with Anxiety? Yes. Okay. Then that should that should be enough to get get people where they need to go. Um, yeah. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it because like it it's ncase.me is okay. Nikki's website. Hell of a website. Um it's really good. Do you want to take strong. this in a in a in a direction? Yes. Uh, I'm strapping in. All right, so I, I'm I'm working on some some thoughts on this matter, and maybe we can we can have a little dialogue, right? Do some intellectual stuff, right? Sure, an exchange. Uh, yeah. So at the top, uh, well, so I played this game, right? It's called Life Tastes Like Cardboard. <laughs> okay. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, if you just hear that content warning, it's got a lot of like, it's a lot. Like there's like some like self harm stuff in there. It's like like depression, and so if you just Google it now, like be careful with that. Um, and so it's like it's a it's a weird game, right? It's like a surrealist like walk 'em up, talk 'em up kind of game. Sort of, um, I'm not sure what it's made in, but like it, it gives me this sort of like early 2000s like RPG maker vibes, where you're like walking and talking and, and doing all this stuff. Uh, and it's about presumably it's about like the developer and like their like issues with like depression and like being suicidal. And so it's like a, a surrealist game about that. And I think that like as like a like a like a game, right? Like design wise, like it's not like great. Like it's not super responsive. Like it's menus are kind of whack. Like it runs maybe a little long. But on the other hand, like it's so personal and like harrowing that it all feels like someone's diary. And like, it's like kind of surrealist at all. Like it it's, I would be shocked if it was not a person's like dreams a hundred percent. And so in that way, like I kind of like it, but it's also kind of hard to recommend. 
And so, like, what do you think is, like, the value of these kinds of ultra-personal, like, diary games? Like, does that make, does that kind of overcome sort of mechanical issues to, like, really propel them into something, like, really great? Or, like, does it, like, what is the kind of deal there? I th- I think it does. Like, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think, like, what what mechanical hurdles like that would really turn me off from a game um and i mean like it would really so have you have you played outer wilds this year yeah yeah uh that was a game that i kind of i feel like i'm too dumb to enjoy (laughs) but (laughs) oh yeah i kind of i i really fell off that game not Mm -hmm. because of like i mean the mystery can be kind of like staring through like uh, a a hole in the wall like the size of a, a pin needle it's like, very opaque yeah right um but like some of them like mechanical difficulty in it like there were platforming sections that i just failed constantly and constantly mm-hmm. and constantly and it just like kind of drove me up a wall especially like when it was when it like kind of butted up against my expect expectations for the game like i expected it to be like a walking sim for lack mm-hmm. of a better word like i expected to be like oh like i love gone home i love dear esther like is, is it going to be one of these types of games and like to a certain extent yes it has that but also it's like it's, it's it can be just super difficult gameplay wise yeah there's a um, lot of performance in that right. game right yeah and um so if a game is like clunky and i don't know i i I think there's always if if a game has like a very important message or is very personal or something like I don't as like a a intellectual I want to say of course not like there shouldn't like there there should be no problems with like trying to get into a game even if it's like it's very uh stymied in one way or another like mechanically but like thinking of my own experiences like I have very frequently like walked away from a game if i found it too frustrating or too opaque in one way or another like that uh uh like a couple months back there was that game it was like a isometric kind of like strategy like sim that was like about the anthropocene like it was about climate change and all this stuff yeah yeah and like someone just kind of like threw a link at me and was like, here, try this out. And it was someone that's like this guy like loves like crusader kings and like just naked like here right 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 but like this guy is like super into like forex games and stuff like that so like obviously it seemed very up his alley and uh throws me the link i open it up i'm staring at it in the browser and i'm like okay there's no prompts to tell me what to do there's no like i i'm interacting with the ground it's like making like minor shifts and like the color palette and like it, it and it has a very interesting like design because it has like this kind of like grainy texture over everything so it kind of obscures like what you're doing mm-hmm. and then like a couple of minutes went by and i was like all right i'm gonna close this tab <laughs> like i just i don't know i don't know what's going on i don't know what's what's happening like i i you told me nothing so i was i was kind of prepared for nothing like i didn't know what to do yeah um, which sometimes which sometimes can be a good thing right like if you come right, in not exactly. really knowing um yeah. what it is yeah. And to kind of to kind of bounce off that, I guess, to like dive a little deeper. Uh, part of my my trouble specifically leaving back to like life tastes like cardboard is that it feels like a game that needed to be made rather than to be played. You know, like it feels like a, a like an exorcism of the soul. Right. Where the, the developer is like, I have to make this. Like, what are your thoughts on games that like. Are more for the developer than they are for the player. 
I mean, I think those are those are totally valuable. Like, I think, like you said, we were talking about like the commercial aspect of this industry before. Like, uh, I think sometimes we get so caught up in like, okay, we I created this thing or anything. Like, I mean, it's the late stage capitalism dilemma, mm-hmm. right? Like, we we create something in our free time, therefore it has to it has Generate to revenue. Be, it has to generate revenue. It has to be sellable. It has to like, it has to meet all of these structures. It has to like, we have to justify it to ourselves for our own like survival. Like we're constantly at that. I don't know the, the food, water, shelter kind of Mm -hmm. like the hierarchy level of, yeah. But like, instead of us thinking directly about those things, it's just money because (laughs) it's just, we know the pyramid is one triangle. (laughs) It's just cash. (laughs) it's just cash money Mm -hmm. no but it's like it's like money then derives those things right money then derives medical assistance it derives healthcare it derives food or derives shelter um so like if we can create things that can then give us more of that resource then we do that and then we completely forget about the the maslow's you know the the top of the pyramid and then the people that do kind of are able to skip all that stuff and just create the thing i think that stuff's super valuable yeah uh then i guess in that way uh maybe check out uh life tastes like cardboard it's uh yeah like that's kind of where i'm at too like i think that it's a a really interesting game and it's hard for me to recommend to people like i don't know if anybody listening to this is like excited about our weird conversation about like what are your thoughts on personality and games but like it's like a really Games, right? When we talk about games difficulty, we talk a lot about like mechanical complexity, but not necessarily like emotional complexity. And I think that this game is really, really hard, like emotionally and like mentally versus like mechanically. Like mechanically, you just like walk around and you talk to some people and you, you go on, right? Like super simple, walk and talk, and that's it. Um, but yeah, I played this game like a week ago and it's still something I've thought about like every day since in like a, like a major way. And it's one that I imagine I will keep thinking about for quite a while. Um, yeah. Games are art. So <laughs> they are. And then on the other hand, I've been playing like apex and destiny, which is just like <laughs> big, stupid, make a gun go boom. And I'm like, yeah, but shooting so many fools. Yeah. It's, but those games feel so good. Like, Mm, I have a yeah. It's a whole. It's a whole thing. Games. It's the duality of man, my friend. To like the duality of games. Yep. Um. Yeah. 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 It's a. It's a wild time to be alive. Uh, and playing games and living that life. I hear it's the best time to be playing games. Uh, yeah. We're <laughs> let's just call it at any given moment is the best time to be, and that's like. I've been getting bummed out lately because like there's been a lot of like think pieces of like here are the best like X's of all time. Right. X being like a thing, not like people updated. Um, right. OK. Uh, <laughs> just curated for you. Yeah, Spencer Hayes. The, yeah. Not even written by me. Like just here's the be- all of the Spencer's best X's rated by ability to make pumpkin pie. Um, <laughs> there's been like a bunch of like best like best things. And it's just like ah the best like RPG like people would be like, ah, Chrono Trigger is the best RPG, right? And that game came out in like what, 2000 and, or sorry, like 1995? Like something like that, yeah. And it's like, 
kind of sucks that we're going to be like, this is the best genre. Like this is the best game in a genre that came out like a quarter century ago. It's just like, it's very good, but it's like kind of bums me out to be like, we haven't done like games have been around for like what? 50 years. And like in half of that time, we haven't summited, like we haven't been able to make a best like RPG and just like, like I get it, but also like it kind of bums me out. Especially because the like the list I saw didn't put New Vegas at the top, which is actually Ooh. the best RPG. So it's pretty good. Yeah, which Outer Worlds is out in like. By the time you're hearing this, I think it's out on. Or is it out? Oh, yeah, God. it'll be out. It's twenty fifth, I believe. It comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just looked at my my chart, my stressful chart of all <laughs> the money I have to spend in the next two months. Um, yeah, so that's the thing. Uh, I'm very stoked for that what? game. Just get Xbox Game Pass for PC and contribute to the declining monetization of games, but you can play Outer Worlds for only five bucks a month. That is true. I legit forgot that Game Pass is on PC uh, until this very recording when you're talking about it earlier. It's like, oh, yeah, because like Microsoft, like I have an Xbox One, right? I picked that up. You fool. Yeah, I picked it. I, I don't know. I picked it up like <laughs> I think it was the, the Sunset Overdrive bundle, right? Which oh, okay, was like, yeah. I don't know, a year in or something. It's been unhooked for like two years, right? Because their whole thing is like, ah, oh, we'll put all of our stuff on PC. I'm like, great. Why would I ever plug this in? Like, <laughs> like what? I ha- I still have it. I would have sold it years ago, but I got like Rock Band for it. And like, I'm a big sucker mm. for rhythm games. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so I'm just like, well, I guess I'm strapped to this. I would have rather had it on my PS4 because like I actually play games on my PS4. Like, I would have rather had it, but like all of my DLC was on the 360. So I had to like upgrade to the to the Xbox One. And I was like, well, sucks. So, yeah, but yeah, now PC Halo's coming out soon. Another big dumb shooty boy. So I'm I'm so curious. I'm so curious what a what a Halo game looks like in Year of Our Lord 2019. Oh, sorry, I'm talking about Reach. All that other stuff can shove right off. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm, okay, yeah, I realized. Like, oh yeah, I I'm just did up. Halo. Yeah, um, I uh, I'm not a big it's been a weird generation. I think that, like we've had franchises kind of talking about like sequelitis earlier. Is that like those new halos maybe shouldn't have existed <laughs> like in an art way. I'm sorry. Whoever at three, four, three is listening to this. Um, like in like an art way, like, like halo four and five added uh, almost exactly nothing to like that franchise outside of like a mechanical level. And like, even then I think maybe reach was better. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm a reach. Like I'm a reach boy. That's my, my number one jam. It's fine. Uh, I, I, I checked out after three. So like, oh, I love yeah. me some reach. Um, but yeah, like, like I don't think it ever like, and like the same with like gears, although apparently gears five is good, but like gears four and like gears, uh, judgment, judgment existed. And I'm just like, y'all really needed some exclusives, I guess. And this is how you did it. Um, yeah but yeah like it's it's although i hear gears 5 is good but like those are i feel like games that were very much just like we need to get them dollars up and we need to do it with our existing ip because we don't have any third party or like first party devs no loss and then they bought all the first party devs so mm-hmm. uh my joke has been that the next xbox is going to be called the xbox 360 uh, and they're just going to keep going Xbox One, Xbox 360, Xbox One, Xbox 360 into infinity. That's, that's... Um, yeah, so like my hope is that the, the new Xbox 360, like it's looking great. Like all those studios they bought up, I'm just like, dope. Like it's, they bought Obsidian talking about New Vegas. Like I'm I'm here for it. I'm stoked. Um, 
yeah, it'll be I'll be interested to see how next generation unfolds. I think it's gonna be real interesting, especially to see if anybody has changed path with the like insane blow up that is the switch. Yeah. So I'm also very finally we're gonna get that X boy. <laughs> it's finally gonna happen. Vita two, baby. Like, <laughs> Let's go. Dude, I heard some rumors about a Vita two. Ooh, and I was like, that can't be true. There's no possible way. There's no exactly no way that this could be true. Like, but it's so dumb that how could someone make that up? Like, <laughs> I don't. I loved the Vita. It was a uh, um, very uh, good, comma bad. <laughs> so like, I love it. I'm glad that the Switch is really just like shaping up to be the Vita two for me. Like, I never plug that thing in. Uh, I am just handheld. All the way, Same. and it's getting all those weird Japanese games that like the Vita kind of built its name on. So, uh, yeah, uh, if I could get the Danganronpa games ported to that, I would be very Ooh. happy. Uh, That'd be cool. I think they announced that for Japan, like another like visual novel. I'm on that visual novel defense force. Like, I will play a lot of visual novels, even the weird oh, the ones. The VNDF. Yep, the VNDF. There are dozens of us, <laughs> uh, and many of us are like weirdo weebs. So, uh, yeah, but uh, visual novels are really having a moment right now. Like, there are, like, mainstream visual novels happening. Like, Dream Daddy did super well, and that's, like, a visual novel-ass visual novel, right? Like, right. it is, like, a Dayton game. It is unapologetically queer, which, like, visual novels have always been very queer to varying, you know, effect. A lot of it's real, like, horny, but, like, a lot of it's in there. And so, like... Yeah, that game like blew up. Danganronpa sold like 80 bazillion copies and got like three anime seasons. Like, yeah, visual novels. Having a moment. I'm yeah. I'm wearing a Heaven Will Be Mine shirt right now as we record this. Like, wow. There are visual novels out there in the world. And I recommend people play them because they're good. Yeah. I feel like that and uh like the weird kind of offshoot of visual novels with like incorporating like ccgs into them like grifflands or like mm-hmm. signs of the sojourner or oh, that uh, game looked super good yeah uh yeah it's i don't think it's indiegogo did super well but no I hope but i think comes out regardless yeah. yeah yeah i think i think they should be okay yeah i think i think they should be able to still get it out i hope so um yeah it's interesting seeing like uh visual novel elements kind of creep into other games because like i feel like narrative focused games kind of owe a debt to vns to the vndf um <laughs> and then like for for years right like visual novels treated mechanics in the same sort of way that like other games treat uh like theming and story like street fighter technically has a story right <laughs> in the same way that like many visual novels technically have mechanics but right uh one of those games is beloved by millions and the other genre is derided by goobers on youtube so you know it could be it could be some stuff. You ever play any visual novels? Are you on the VNDF? Uh I mean I don't I don't think I'm an official member of the VNDF, mm. but uh I, I will enjoy a a visual novel. I keep meaning to play Butterfly Soup. Oh and I, it's I, super I, good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um and then I, I keep not doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty quick too. You could probably knock it out in like I don't know, two hours or something. Like oh, okay. it's pretty it's pretty quick. I'm trying to think of like explicitly visual novels like what i've played like because because a visual novel is a specific structure right like we wouldn't 
like we wouldn't consider twine games visual novels yeah i mean i think they're all like kind of under the larger umbrella of like interactive fiction but, like right. both vns and uh like twine games are kind of in that thing we're like let's talk about the semantics of genre uh let's do it i got three hours let's yeah <laughs> genre is a lie and i don't respect it um, oh wow no that's not well you know what let's make some bull claims let's get to the hot take hour uh genre is dumb in any context other than marketing uh what are some other spicy takes i don't know i'm just looking forward to all the uh the genre tags being removed from itch tomorrow. oh god oh god <laughs> uh yeah we'll see how that goes i can't wait for people to like take something i've said on this interview and just be like you're on this podcast and be like well you said this and it's like oh <laughs> i gotta go i'm sorry Kermit the frog i can't talk to yeah, you right now uh, coming I to... soon i have to resign from itch.io so uh over the the genre thing um, I'm going to work full time for the VNDF. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finding my true passion. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Our lobbying <laughs> arm really needs some more more representation in Congress. Um, right. <laughs> that's the goof that everybody came for. Uh, political jokes and visual novels. Um, yeah, I feel like visual novels get a get a hard shake because there's so much like stigma of them just being like horny dating games, which is like there is definitely a segment of them that is horny dating games about dubiously aged anime teens, but. Uh, that's not all of them. And you can very easily ignore those. And I maybe recommend ignoring those. Uh, yeah, there are a bunch. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. Spencer. Yes. All right. (laughs) Sweet. Yes. Woo. Got that burst of energy. Yeah. Gotta, gotta shake it, shake it up, shake it up. Um, I'm feeling good. Like I ate some vegetables. Spencer, mm-hmm. that's me. I think on on visual that is you. I think on visual novels that's a good place to wrap it up. What what do you think? Uh, yeah, I can dig it. Um, I feel like I feel like we went in a lot of directions this episode. We did. Uh, none of them having to do with work, which is pretty fun. Uh, uh, we got itch in there a little bit. A little bit. Uh, go buy games at itch.io. Uh, it's right. very cool and good. I recommend. It's it. It's awesome. Right. C. Um. C. Of course. Uh, where can people find you, at, uh, Spencer? I don't know. I'm around on the internet. Uh, you can tw- don't tweet at me, but it's at <laughs> SPNKR. Uh, rule number one of Twitter: don't tweet. Uh, but yeah, it's just SPNKR, like the rocket launcher from Halo. Oh, um, yeah, uh, it's a whole thing. That's the those are the scoops. I don't usually tell people that. So hot content exclusive to the <laughs> Wardcast. I feel privileged. Uh, yeah, you're you're welcome. That's the one you can hang up your uh, journalistic credentials on. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, like people should definitely check out your 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 write ups on itch for showcasing awesome games over there. I enjoy reading them. Thank you. Uh, it's nice to, to hear that people like what I do. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in, in indie games or anything, go check out itch.io. If you're a dev, it takes like 15 minutes to get set up on itch.io. Uh, also it's really, it's that bespoke free range, uh, indie game life, man, really, really that good stuff. Finally, the, the San Franciscans coming out. <laughs> uh Oh, I didn't talk about Bitcoin once. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, What's it at? Where's the valuation? At? I need to know. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Gonna launch me the whole tangent. Let's get out of here. Let's wrap this up. That's okay. All right. Well, you find me at Dylan Alvento. And if you like this podcast, you want to listen to any of our other podcasts. You can find them at 
word-games.com or on Twitter at wordvideogames or on your podcast app of choice, whether it be, I don't know, Google Play, iTunes, Spencer, what's a, what's a, what's a, a podcast app that you prefer? Uh, I use, uh, oh God, you're gonna make me look this up. I think it's Beyond Pod, I think. All right. I don't even remember. Oh, it's Pocket Casts. It's Pocket, Pocket Cast. Cast. We are on Pocket Cast because no. I remember submitting it to Pocket Cast. Do it. Do that thing. Do yeah. a little picture right there. And uh, if you want to give us a review on iTunes or anything, we, we greatly appreciate it. Or um, come join us on Discord and keep the conversation going about itch and and video games and uh, the VNDF. Life like <laughs> yes, and the VNDF. Yes, we we're gonna make a VNDF tag roll. Perfect. Uh, Just me. <laughs> Right. just me <laughs> it's it's in your own private channel where you can shout about visual novels <laughs> just into the void yes uh, but yeah spence thanks i really appreciate you coming on thank you for having um, me of course love having time. you on yeah i'm, I'm glad i uh, would love to have you on again talk more about itch and not itch <laughs> perfect my two awesome. my two hobbies itch and not itch <laughs> but uh i'll talk to you later all right see you later